Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. Now, this is the second UFC fight card we got this week. Very, very exciting stuff. Last week, we had a card, so now we're at three and eight days. It's it's a good time to be a UFC fan. And this weekend, we got Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem as an exciting heavyweight main event. But as you guys know, who frequent the show, we won't be breaking down that or any of the other main card action because this is the prelim primer where we break down the prelim portion of the fight card. And if you're wondering why we do that, it's because we think there's probably a gap in that market. There's probably not a place where you go to get intelligent breakdowns of the preliminary portion of the card. Now, before I introduce my co-host for today, I do have to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiasts. They've got the best way to log your training sessions, stay on top, and make sure you are meeting your goals. And of course, if you're quarantined right now and are not able to train martial arts, they've got great ways that you can log your exercise as well to make sure that you're making the progress you want there. They've got cool timers and other types of things that are going to help you out. Plus, then you can make the quick switch back over to martial arts when you are ready to start training again. Now, let's get to the fights. And joining me today is, of course, another savvy co-host. You might know him as the owner-operator of MMA DNA, the number one Dutch MMA website out there for all of those of you who speak multi-languages. Make sure to check it out. Marcel Dorf. Marcel, thanks so much for joining me, man. Thanks for having me again on. It's uh, always great uh, talking MMA with you, man. Awesome. So, as you guys know, we start by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Matt Brown versus Miguel Baeza. So, Matt Brown is coming off two straight TKO victories, one over Diego Sanchez and one over Ben Saunders. Miguel Baeza debuted in the UFC with a K over Hector Aldana, which involved leg kicks and some follow-up punches. Now, obviously, the question here is that Matt Brown is kind of been touted as over the hill. He's a guy who's thought about retiring multiple times. Both the guys he beat are kind of over the hill in their own right, too, kind of a little bit on, long in the tooth. Is Miguel Baeza far enough in his career here to be the one to knock uh, Matt Brown off? Yeah, so so hard to say, man. It's uh, it, it, what you say. It's it's either you, you go with the veteran here with Matt Brown or with the young blood with uh, Miguel Baeza. Um, I think it will be a close fight. Um, uh, I th- I think if, uh, that Baeza can finish him. I think it's possible. Uh, if it goes three rounds, I favor Brown, but uh, I, I would go with Baeza here. I think uh, he he is young. He still has the youth, and uh, his only downfall can be that uh, that he uh, how do you say that that Brown is um, is more experienced and that he makes rookie mistakes here. But uh, I'm taking Baeza. I'm I'm big on Baeza, so I'm taking him. It- it's actually an, an interesting question, too, because you mentioned the longer it goes, it actually favors the older guy here. Because a lot of times we say, you know, it, it favors the younger guy who's got a lot in his gas tank. Baeza does tend to make mistakes. And the interesting thing here is, too, is that Matt Brown has always been a guy who does some of his best work in the clinch. We saw him knock out Diego Sanchez in the clinch. I mean, if you go all the way back to his time on The Ultimate Fighter, he was good in the clinch, too. Do you think Miguel Baeza is smart enough to stay out of that with him for a full 15 minutes? I think it's possible, definitely, man. But uh, yeah, I think he has to finish him. That that that's what I really think. If he doesn't finish him, I think uh, Matt Brown lures him in in the fight that Matt Brown wants to fight, and then I think Matt Brown can win a decision here. Interesting. So you are going with Baeza. Any idea how you think he finishes the immortal Matt Brown? I'm going with a TKO late second round. 
All right, and I'm going to go with uh, your antithesis here. I'm going to go with Matt Brown by three-round decision. I do think you know that working the clinch and putting him up against the cage is probably going to be enough. I think people are writing off Matt Brown just a little bit too soon. And that's going to bring us to our second fight, which is Anthony Hernandez versus Kevin Holland. Anthony Hernandez, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He lost to Marcus Perez in his debut by Anaconda Choke and followed that up with a win over Jung Young Park. Get this, by Anaconda Choke. So both of his fights ended by Anaconda Choke. Then he's fighting Kevin Holland, who's uh, recently lost his three-fight win streak. He had a submission loss to Brendan Allen. He had been on absolute fire before that. So here's my question. A lot of Kevin Holland's fight time seems to take place on the mat. Sometimes on top, sometimes on bottom. He's just a very willing grappler. Is that wise against somebody like Anthony Hernandez? It depends. I mean, um, it depends what, what you say. Uh, is it wise against somebody like Anthony Hernandez? I honestly don't know, man. I mean, Anthony Hernandez has looked solid in what I saw besides the Marcus Perez fight. But uh, he has a solid win as well outside the UFC, a five-round uh, five main event uh, title fight against Brandon Allen in the LFA. And... Um, He's a solid. He's a solid guy, man. I mean, I, I'm pre, I'm pretty high on him as well. And then in the other, you have Kevin Holland. You say he had a, he had a three, he had a three fight winning streak, but I have to say the the Gerald Mercer fight and the Alessio Di Chirico fight, I scored for his opponents. So it's it's a tricky fight to to say who's gonna win here, who's the upper hand. But I think Anthony Hernandez is the more complete fighter here. I think Kevin Holland is the more brashy guy, the more uh the more flashy dude here. But I'm taking Anthony Hernandez. I think he uh he can he can get a choke late in the third. third I, 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 I like that thought a lot too. And and I think that that's a problem a lot of us fall into too when we look at some recent results, right? People say Kevin Holland is on a three what fight win streak. He very very well could have been on a three-fight losing streak in there instead because of those decisions. So, yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, like you said, MMA math doesn't always work out, but Anthony Hernandez has beaten Brendan Allen, and Brendan Allen has beaten Kevin Holland. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I like Fluffy Hernandez here by submission. I think he gets it done. Yeah, I'll go with you on this one, too, in the third round. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. That was five minutes. We're going to quickly take a break and talk to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. This portion of the show is brought to you by Battle Clan Gear. Visit BattleClanGear.com. Make sure to use promo code TURTLEUP10, T-U-R-T-L-E-U-P-1-0, for grappling gear that not only looks absolutely amazing, but it feels great as well, and it holds up through the test of time. Battle Clan Gear has got high-quality stuff from people who matter. So make sure that you head on over to BattleClanGear.com and pick up your grappling gear for when this quarantine is over. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Mike Davis versus Giga Chikadze. Mike Davis won and one in the UFC. He had a submission loss to Gilbert Burns on short notice in his debut. He followed that up with an absolute dismantling of Thomas Gifford by TKO in a very, very, very late stoppage. Giga Chikadze, meanwhile, is 2-0 in the UFC. He has back-to-back split decision wins over Brandon Davis and Jamal Emers. Now, obviously, Mike Davis's striking looked incredible in his last fight against Thomas Gifford. I mean, it was flashy. It was sharp. He was putting him nearly on his ass on every single punch. But here's the question. Is it good enough to be a guy who is a glory kickboxer and a former professional kickboxer? 
Um, I think it is, man, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't really buy into uh, people who are coming from kickboxing to, into MMA. It's a whole different game, in my opinion. Um, we saw, for example, uh, Khalil Roundtree against Gokan Saki, you know. Um, but on the other hand, you have Israel Adesanya as the champion. So <laughs> it can go both ways, right? Um, I mean, Giga Chikatsa, he looked good in his Brandon Davis debut. I think he should have won that unanimous. But the Jamal Amherst fight, man, I, he got kind of lucky in that one. Now, I don't want to say it was a robbery, but it was a, a very close fight and could have been for Amherst as well. Um, Mike Davis, yeah, like you said, man, the Thomas Gifford fight, it was a great performance by him, but it was hard to watch, man. Thomas Gifford got, got so much damage in that fight. Um, give me Mike Davis here, man. I think he gets it done via unanimous decision. Interesting, interesting. And I'm just curious, too, about what you think about this. Do you think he tries to wrestle him up a little bit, too? Do you think he tries to make this a more complete MMA fight? Or do you think he can win that unanimous decision just on the feet? That's a very good question, actually. I I, I think... I think it depends on how the fight goes, man. If if he if he feels the power of Shikatsu and he's not not happy with it, he might go to the ground where he has definitely an advantage over Giga Shikatsu. So, um, but but it depends, man. You know, some guys are very proud in their stand-up and they are like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm going to just stand up with you. I don't care if you're from kickboxing or from Muay Thai." So uh, it depends on what Mike Davis thinks uh, at at those kind of moments. And who knows, man? Maybe Giga Shikatsu catches him with something, and uh, this will all be over in the first round. We never know, but I'm going with Davis. All right, I'm going to go with Giga Chikadze on this one. I I think he just seems to have a knack on being able to stay out of trouble. So even if Mike Davis gets really excited and really comfortable in his striking, I still think Chikadze finds a way to stay safe and probably outpoint him for a decision. And that brings us to our fourth fight, which is Courtney Casey versus Mara Romero Barella. Courtney Casey, one and two in her last three. She lost a split decision to Michelle Watterson, won a split decision against Angela Hill, and then lost a unanimous decision to Cynthia Calvillo. She's going to be fighting Mara Romero Barella, uh, who's dropped two straight. She lost to Lauren Murphy and Montana De La Rosa. So uh, obviously the, the difference part about this fight is that we've got Courtney Casey moving up a weight class. She's coming up to flyweight, having been a straw weight for a really long time. What do you think about her upper weight class, and what do you think about her prospects for that division? I think it's perfect, honestly, man. I think Courtney Casey uh, can do pretty well in the flyweight division. We saw her having some battles in strawweight. I mean, the Watterson fight was close. Um, many people thought she won that one. The Calvillo fight, yeah, she lost that one, but it was also, and Calvillo is also enough to flyweight now, by the way. But, um, yeah, I think she can do some some damage in that division, man. Uh, Mara Romero Borella, on the other hand, um, I'm not really impressed by her, to be honest, besides her UFC debut against Galinda Faria. Um, three losses in four fights, an only split decision win against Tela Santos in Brazil. Um, now, give me Courtney Casey, man. I think she is uh, much more uh, complete of a fighter, and I'm uh, taking her by a dominant unanimous decision. Yeah, I kind of agree on this one, too. And I think Courtney Casey going up a division, this is going to sound crazy, I think she's going to be stronger because she now no longer has to zap herself so much to get down to 115. You're going to see her with a better gas tank. And I think that really plays well into her style, too, because she's got pretty decent output. She likes to wrestle a little bit here and there. And, you know, you're not going to see any downturn in her gas tank as a result. And and I totally agree with what you say about Barella, too. I, I think this is a perfect first opponent for her. And I think we see a pretty clear unanimous decision here to Courtney Casey and that's going to do it for round number two as you guys know we're going to have two more fights in round number three after a quick word from our sponsors now there are a lot of different ways to play 
fantasy MMA, daily fantasy MMA particularly, but there is one name of the future, and I want you guys to remember that name. That is Fight Call App. Go to get fightcall.com to get updates on this upcoming app that is absolutely positively going to change the way that you play daily fantasy sports. No longer do you have to worry about those pesky salary caps. Just be the most knowledgeable person in the room and you win the money. That's it. And that's really what we want, right? We don't want to have to try to play their games. We just want the smartest person to win. So head on over, get fightcallapp.com and they'll be giving away $25 gift cards to the UFC store. So make sure you check them out just for following along. So make sure you check those out getfightcall.com and we are back with round number three i'm gonna put another five minutes on the clock and we're gonna start this car or this round by talking about a very crazy fight which is darren elkins versus nate landwehr so elkins has three straight losses he lost to uriah hall ricardo lamas and alexander volkanovsky and, and only Ricardo Lamas was able to finish him. So that really tells you the durability there of Darren Elkins. He's fighting Nate Landwehr, who lost his UFC debut to noted grappler Herbert Burns by violent KO uh, with a knee, which was, you know, sort of a crazy debut for a guy who seemed to be known to have a lot of power in his own right in Nate Landwehr. So uh, obviously Landwehr, who loves to stand, he loves to trade, is facing off here against Darren Elkins, a guy who likes to grapple, likes to rough people up, likes to take people into deep waters. Is there any chance Landwehr can keep this standing long enough to get it done? There's definitely a chance, man. I think I think Landwehr gets a second opportunity to make a first impression here, man. I mean, Darren Elkins is probably at this moment still a, a higher-ranked opponent than Herbert Burns, where he lost to. If he can win this fight, uh, he's he's around the top 15. Elkins is just outside the top 15, so this is a big fight, I think. Um, Elkins, on the other hand, like you said, lo, 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 uh, three three losses to to uh, Volkanovski, Lamas, and uh, Hall. Which isn't that bad, man. I mean, it's 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 bad that you have a three losing three fight losing streak, but the names are are, are decent who we lost to. So um, I think if what you said, if he takes him in deep waters, Nate Land, where it's can be getting a problem for him because Alkins is so relentless with his wrestling all the time, and uh, his and he's hard to finish, man. He's hard to finish. He takes so much damage. He doesn't have that damage tattoo for nothing. So. Um, Darren Elkins for me a split decision I think it will be a close fight split decision and I liked too that you mentioned the first of all that you mentioned the damage tattoo because the damage tattoo is so classic but I think the real key here is that if you look back at Nate Landwehr's record dude the guy has got tons of finishes and he sort of relies on it he goes out on his sword he's not afraid to just throw absolutely wild punches it's going to make for a really exciting fight. I can definitely see what you see here in, in a split decision. I'm going to go unanimous decision by Darren Elkins too, but I think ultimately his durability winds up being something that makes it difficult for Nate Landwehr to win this fight. So I'm going to go with Darren Elkins as well. And that brings us to our last fight, a heavyweight bow between Rodrigo Nascimento and Dante Mays. So Nascimento... Uh, got his contract via the Contender Series all the way back in July of 2019. He got an arm triangle over Mikhail Martinik. And then uh, Dante Mays, he made his UFC debut recently, getting heel-hooked by Cyril Ghani in his, uh, in his debut. But he did get to the UFC through three fights on the Contender Series. So while he's only got one fight in the UFC, he does have lots of high-level experience here. These are two big heavyweights. I, I don't know how to phrase it any other way. These are two big heavyweights. They love to throw big shots. Which one is more likely to land that big shot? 
Yeah, let's first say I hope this is a, is a one round fight because if this going to be a three round fight, it's going to be hard to watch probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Dante Mace, uh, one fight so far in the UFC, losing to a serial gun. I mean, gun is probably one of the future contenders in this division. Uh, Rodrigo Nascimento, Zekol Maya. It's pretty funny, man. I saw this. Uh, I, I looked up what Zekol Maya means and it is Yogi Bear. In <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, I, I was impressed by Nascimento in this uh, in this uh, contender series fight. I don't know too much about him, but the don't tell Mace. He's not that bad, but I wasn't so impressed by him so far. And uh, I'm happy he's in the UFC to be honest. But uh, I think the I'm going with the Brazilian here. I think the Brazilian uh, via submission in the second round. I definitely agree with you if this hits the mat, because I think Nascimento has got more on the ground, especially if he's on top for Dante Mays. Dante Mays kind of looked like he was out of ideas against Sirogani in his uh, in his debut, but I also think we're probably rating uh, Dante Mays a little bit lower based on how bad he looked striking with the Frenchman, because uh, let's be honest, Cyril is, is an amazing striker, and, and he can make a lot of people look bad at heavyweight. I think Dante Mays is actually much faster on the feet, and his hands are much better than Nascimento here. So I'm going to go with him by early knockout, but you are 100% right. The longer this fight goes, the uglier it's going to be. And I also think if it hits the mat, you're right, Nascimento wins. But I'm going to take Dante Mays. I'm going to hope he gets it done both for himself and for all of the fans watching at home. So that's going to do it. That's three rounds in the book. Six fights. You guys now know everything about the prelim card for this upcoming Saturday. Marcel, thanks so much for stopping by and helping us out. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Thank you.